What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Muff Podcast. My name is Boaz, and today I'm not joined by Aaron. I'm not joined by anybody. Um, it's just gonna be me by myself. But um, we're gonna do two parts. So I recorded this part right here that I'm just gonna talk about what I thought about the last week in uh, sports. And then um, after I'm done, then we'll take it away, um, and Aaron will go into his part, and we record that separately. So it's just gonna be Aaron talking about what he thought of last week, and I'm gonna talk about what I thought of the last couple weeks of sports. And um. All right, without further ado, let's jump into it. First thing I wanted to talk about is, um, I mean, the XFL. Um, I mean, we've we've been following it for the past couple of weeks, but it's been very, it's been very difficult for me as a Vipers fan. You know, it's um, we started off zero and three, and all hope was lost. I mean, I thought Mitch Trubisky was going to be the answer, but um, it's looking good. We beat the DC Defenders. They didn't score a single point in us, and um, no, when I tell you it was bad for me, I mean, I'm be- I'm being serious. It was really fucking bad for me. Like, I started to question like. Was I picking the right team? Like, did I even want to watch the XFL anymore? Because I started to, I was getting, I mean, I'm being completely honest. I'm getting flashbacks of the 49ers, like the old 49ers. I'm just, you know, feeling disappointed. And um, I wasn't really sure last week if I really wanted to invest myself in a team that just was going to provide me with so much disappointment. Like, it was refreshing, but at the same time, it was kind of like, it brought me back to my old tendencies. Like, it's kind of like, you know, somebody who's suicidal, like they're cutting again. Like, you know, it brings back the deja vu maybe, but it's it's just not pleasant. You know, fuck, that that was a bad metaphor. But you know what I'm trying to say. It just was not pleasant for me. It brought back memories, but the memories just are not good for me. But um, that who who cares about that? That's all over. I mean, the Vipers won. We're one and three now, and we're facing the Wildcats. So, I mean, if we beat the Wildcats, we're no longer the worst team in the XFL. Mathematically, you know, with the record, we would be, I mean, I'm not exactly sure about the records off the top of my head, but definitely not the worst team, which, I mean, that's definitely positive. I mean, maybe we won't get Mitch Trubisky anymore, which, I mean, that kind of sucks. I wanted to see Mitch in a Vipers uniform, but, um... That's that. I mean, that's fine. You you can you sacrifice draft position, but at least we're succeeding in the season, right? Um, the other thing I want to touch about the XFL was um, once again about my Vipers was uh, Quinton Flowers. So he last week he um, he left the team because he didn't want to play for him, something like that. Something that was the report. And then um, I saw an article about a couple days ago that said uh, he wants to get traded. So and the Vipers actually yesterday they announced that they're bringing him back on the team. He's back on the active roster. Which I mean, I think it's expected that he's pretty much going to get traded by the end of the week. So um. So yeah, f- I mean, fuck you, Quinton Flowers. I mean, I was a big fan of you. I wanted Quinton Flowers to start. I mean, I wanted him over Taylor Cornelius. I wanted him over Aaron Murray. And just when we win, we get our first win. We get you know we get shot in the foot with uh Quinton Flowers leaving. 
But I mean, on the bright hand, I think Cornelius showed that he can be a starting quarterback. He actually played really good against the defenders. And um, maybe we can get some draft picks or some like extra players from um, trading away Quinton Flowers because there's definitely some teams that will benefit from it. Um, we saw Aaron's team, the Guardians. You know, they had to start Perez as their uh, backup quarterback because just McGloin has been playing awful. Um, so maybe Quinton Flowers goes there. I mean, there's, there's just not there's, the quarterback play is definitely a problem in the XFL, and I don't think Quinton Flowers is by he's a starting quarterback. I'm pretty sure in this league. If not, then he's just a, still a top level backup and can still be used in read option plays. So I'm hoping he, you know, he finds himself on a team in the XFL. And I mean, I hope that something good happens to him because I, I like him a lot. I like uh, the way he plays, and I think I mean it's too bad that it's not in the Vipers, but I'm I want him to succeed regardless of where he goes. Um. So the next thing I wanted to get into was um the NBA. So Aaron's a big uh, Sacramento fan, so he's I'm guessing he's very much into. I mean, he's trying to. He's hoping, what I'm trying to say is he's hoping that the Kings are going to get the 8th spot. And it's, um, that's actually, this is, this year is probably the most interesting year that's like, you know, the last two, three weeks of the NBA season. I'm actually focused. Like this last month, I actually like, you know, I'm super invested into it. Because in the West, especially the 8th seed, it could be either Memphis, it could be Sacramento, it could be New Orleans. There's just a lot of possibilities of who could be that 8th seed and who's going to be playing most likely against the Lakers. I mean, I don't think the Clippers or the or the Nuggets are going to catch up to the Lakers, so most likely it's going to be against the Lakers. So, um, I mean, in my personal opinion, and um, I think Aaron's going to disagree with me, but I kind of want the Pelicans. I mean, the Pelicans are a fun team to watch. I think Lonzo Ball is finally figuring out, you know, he's he's actually looking good. I'm really happy that, you know, as much as I maybe dislike LeVar Ball, I am very happy that he found a spot on a team. And I think the Pelicans are a really good fit. Like, he's throwing up lobs with Zion, and he just he looks like he's having fun playing basketball again. Like, I know one thing is when he was on the Lakers, and he was getting injured a lot, so that's a, maybe a credit to that as well. But um, he just didn't look very interested in basketball. Like, he didn't look like he wanted to play basketball anymore. And um, that's definitely, I mean, that's not a good thing. You want If you're, you're committing to a point guard or any player in particular just playing the NBA, you want him to actually enjoy playing. So, um have, seeing this now, you know, seeing this new energy, seeing this new, you know, happiness for the game, this love for the game in Lonzo is, re- I mean, it's really interesting to watch. Like, you can see that he's having fun in the court, and it's more fun to watch him. And, um, I mean, Zion Williams is always going to be fun to watch. He's he's a beast. I mean, he is right now, John Morant has been playing like crazy, and he's right now rivaling maybe, maybe, um, maybe Zion actually wins Rookie of the Year. Um, I mean, crazier things have happened, and he would be, he'd be the first Rookie of the Year to whatever, play less than 50 games, I believe. And, um, I mean, I, I could see it happening. Zion Williamson just been playing that good. He's been playing on, on, another, on another level. I don't think I've seen a rookie play as good as Zion is. So that's another guy who would want to watch in the playoffs. And then you cover that, you know, Brandon Ingram has been playing pretty good. Uh, Josh Hart's not bad. Derek Favors is not bad. You know, J.J. Redick. There's just a lot of uh, Drew Holiday. There's just a lot of players in that team that I kind of want to see more of after you know you know i want to see them see more basketball than like after the season's over i don't want to just be that that's it and i have to wait again until october um i want to watch more basketball of you know i want to see them play more and i think i mean them going against the lakers we saw the game last week they played um i believe it was on sunday it was a uh, lakers versus pelicans might have been saturday um one of the days in the weekend but um we saw that the pelicans were able to put up a fight like they weren't destroyed by the lakers and i mean that's granted that was without anthony davis so, I mean, we don't know what would happen if Anthony Davis actually did play. But um, I think it's just interesting to watch. Like, even if they get swept 
or even if they whatever they 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 lose, which most likely I don't think they're gonna beat the Lakers, but I think it's still gonna be interesting. But um, it's just I think it's gonna be more interesting than watching Memphis and Memphis. You know, John Morant is really interesting to watch. Um, and I mean that that's kind of just uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is there, Brandon Clark. Those those guys are kind of interesting, but um. It's just not a big market, and to be honest, I don't think I've watched that many Memphis games. Like I've seen a couple, and it's just because you know the Warriors have played them, so I've seen those games. And uh, John Moran is, you know, he's a good talent. He's gonna be good in this league, but um, the rest of the team just really isn't. Like I mean, if I'm just watching a team, like if I'm just like turning on the TV, I don't think the game that I'm like, oh, I want to watch is a Memphis game. So I think LA would destroy Memphis. That's I'm just gonna put that out right there. Um, I think the Pelicans have a better chance against LA. I think um. Sacramento has a better chance against LA. So by by you know, by what I'm saying, I think Sacramento is probably second on my list. So you know, make Aaron happy. I'd probably go Pelicans. I'd want for, to be in the eighth seed, and then if not them, then I want Sacramento, because Sacramento is you know they're a good, well-rounded team, and I think uh, they're finally you know they're finding their stride, and they've had some injury concerns. They've had some problems there, and um, the team just really isn't meshing all that well. So I hope that you know it, that that gets fixed. But uh, Buddy Heald, I think, has finally find, found his spot in the team. And, like, you know, that's good for him. He used to be in the Pelicans, and I don't think they just – they never used him properly. And Sacramento still, I think um, – Aaron was complaining about how Walton, um, he just wasn't using him, the you know, the right way. He was using him as a point guard, but he should be more of a shooting guard. And um, I think, you know, he's just very talented. Buddy Heald is very talented, and I think, you know, he, he could take the team far. So I could see them competing with the Lakers. But it just out of entertainment value, I'm just sticking with my answer. I think the Pelicans are the team I want to go. But um, as far as who I'm going to be rooting for in the playoffs. So, I mean, the Warriors are gone. That's Let's just get that out of the way. Like, I, I don't think the Warriors are making the playoffs. I'm pretty sure if they're not already mathematically eliminated, like, they're not making the playoffs. But um, the team that I started following that are kind of closely now, just because, you know, I'm back when I was a football, you know, back when football season was on and um, when the Niners were bad, I used to, you know, before the playoffs would start, I kind of find a team that I liked, like before, like I liked the Philadelphia Eagles, and I liked the Atlanta Falcons the year they made it to Super Bowl as well. So it's kind of like, you know, you find a team that you want to root for. So it's 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 not really your it's not your home team or anything, but it's just it's just a team to root for, just your playoff team. And um, obviously they'll switch every year. I'm hoping the Warriors come back to the playoffs. So if they come back next year, then the Warriors will be my playoff team. But um, this year. The playoff team that I'll be going with is the LA Clippers, and that's just you know purely out of the fact. Like I get it, there's the LA Bay Area rivalry, but I think that's more of the Lakers Warriors rivalry. Like uh, the Clippers are kind of you know, I just don't view them as an LA team. They're in LA, but they're just not you know they don't have the vibe of LA, and that's why I kind of like them. They're always the outsiders, and they've never you know they've always been the second team in LA. Like if you think of Staples Center, you think of the Lakers. You don't think of the Clippers. You think of, like, top players in L.A. right now. You're thinking of LeBron James. You're thinking of Anthony Davis. You know, Kawhi Leonard's probably, maybe he's the second player in name. Maybe he's the third player in name. But um, it's always going to be, you know, LeBron's team and then the Kawhi's team. And I, I just really want, I like the underdog story of the Clippers. I like how they picked up Paul George. I like the, I like Kawhi Leonard. And I hope, you know, I want them to, they're balling out in their home, you know, their hometown. They're from L.A., that area. And um, I just really wish I want him to get a championship in Staples Center just to be like, you know, this is our fucking court. I know we're leaving soon because I know Balmer has purchased a new stadium. So they're going to be they're going to be leaving soon. But just, you know, one last time, just be like Staples Center. Go fuck yourself. Lakers, go fuck yourself and just win, win the championship. And also, you know, as a plus, maybe, I don't know, uh, beat the Bucks and maybe Giannis maybe wants to get traded over and play with Steph Curry. I'm just going to put that out there.
Yeah. <laughs> um, so the last thing I'm going to uh, want to kind of get into is um, the NFL. I mean, the NFL season's kind of over. There's not a whole, it's very slow media. Like, I mean, the combine is the biggest thing that's happened. Now, we talked about that last week. But um, I think the one thing I wanted to discuss is just the Jaguars. They're falling apart. Um, uh, AJ Boye got traded yesterday for a fourth rounder to Denver. So Denver pretty much essentially flew up Emmanuel Sanders for AJ Boye. So, like, that's, I mean, that's pretty good. And, um, I mean, good for Denver, but you really started to see with Jacksonville. Like, you know, we saw the whole thing about how uh, all of the NFL PA, whatever, um, uh, grievance, grievances that have been filed, a lot of them have been uh, uh, against the Jacksonville Jaguars for, you know, um, not following the rules. And then we've seen that, you know, um, Jalen Ramsey wanted to leave the Jaguars. Telvin Smith didn't show up to, ja- to the Jaguars this year. Uh, we've just seen, you know, the, the team was so good just a few years ago. And they've fallen apart. I mean, Leonard Fournette's back. He's kind of back from his injury. But the team just hasn't been able to find a quarterback. I mean, Minshew Mania was crazy. But other than that, like, you know, the team has just... They've been throwing darts, at, at, you know, at the board trying to hope that the quarterback sticks. And I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if Nick Foles is the right guy. I don't know if Minshew's the right guy. Maybe Bortles was the right guy. And they just, you know, they gave him away. But, um... They haven't... You know, Allen Robinson left. They couldn't... Find, they still don't have a number one receiver. Just, like, you know, a dominant number one receiver. And, you know, Clayus Campbell's getting older, so he's, just, he's not as good as he used to be. And you, you just see this team, like, you know, Miles Jack is still on the team. But um, we're seeing this team fall apart slowly but surely. And Yannick Ngakwe, he says now that he's refusing to sign the franchise tag. So, I mean, it's pretty much all but certain that he's going to be leaving this year. I mean, this team is just, like, in, in within days, we're just watching, within just days of, you know, or within days of the combine, within months of just um, the draft coming coming up soon. The team is just falling apart, you know, in front of our eyes. And, um, I mean, it's, re- it's really sad for Jaguars fans because, you know, you see Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is kind of looking on the up. They're, I mean, they have their own problems with Jameis Winston. And um, there's a new report coming coming out that um, Bruce Arians is kind of, you know, he's sick and tired of his turnovers, and he wants to get rid of Jameis. So um, maybe Jameis Winston leaves. Maybe Tom Brady goes there. But, I mean, regardless, you still see Tampa Bay, and there's talent on the team. They have very talented receivers. You know, their defense really showed out last year. There's talent on the team, like there's no denying that. But um, the Jaguars, you just can't say that Jaguars are if they're trend. If you you know if you graph where they're trending, they're trending down. The um, Tampa Bay is kind of going up, and um, just the, the t- uh, Miami is even looking up. You know, if they get Tua, it's looking more promising than it was last year. And it's just if I'm if I'm a Florida, you know, I'm a fan of um, a team in Florida. Um, I it's gonna suck being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan just for the reason that. You know, the Miami Dolphins are right there. And arguably, they might be better th- uh, this year or next year, the 2020 season. And, I mean, that would be sad. If the Miami Dolphins are better than my team, I would be very upset. But, um, yeah, I think I'm going to come. That's all I'm going to talk about today. Um, sorry for making, you know, how this format worked out. You know, we couldn't exactly um, align how we wanted to film this podcast this week. So, we just, you know, we decided to do two different segments, my segment and Aaron's segment. And uh, without further ado... Uh, let's get into Aaron's segment. Hey guys, it's Aaron. You're listening to the Muff Podcast, and me and Boaz cannot record together today. So we're going to be doing our little segment separately, and yeah, you're listening to the Muff Podcast, now it's time for the first topic of today. All right, so my first thing I want to talk about, obviously, is you know i got to bring up my Sacramento Kings. Uh, we are on a hot streak right now. We are 11-5 and over our last 16 games. If we can keep this pace up over our next 22 games, we... Well, that would be going fifteen and seven. We'll end up like exactly five hundred four and forty one and forty one, and we have an actual shot of making the playoffs, which is something I did not see coming. 
because we were we were a fourteenth actually for a large part of the season. You know, we've been playing hot. Fox has been playing hot. Giles has been going off. Harry Giles. I don't know. Is it Giles or Giles? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's Giles. But he's been popping off recently. Kent Bazemore has been popping off. And yeah, which is very interesting. We've been going crazy right now. And we have an actual chance to make the playoffs right now. We are tied for the ninth seed. And let's take a look at the records right now. And I'm just, before we do that, I'm just actually very proud of my Sacramento Kings coming out here and balling. This is not a situation I'd expect them to be in at all right now. And if you take a look at the Western Conference standings, I believe we're tied for ninth. And we are, in fact, tied for ninth. So that's good. So we are tied. Oh, no. We just got bumped down to eight, 10th. We we're right below the Trailblazers. Trailblazers are now are 27 and 35. Kings are 26 and 34. So, yeah. We're basically right there. I think that's the same percentage. So I'm pretty sure that's. So, yeah. We're right there in it. We just hope the Grizzlies got to lose. Trailblazers got to lose. Spurs got to lose. Pelicans got to lose. It's really all neck and neck between. 8 and 12 right now in the West. Even the Suns possibly could make a push right here. But we're in the Kings are in prime position, man. They just gotta they just gotta play good basketball. They gotta finish it out. And maybe we can see the Kings get swept in four games by the Lakers. That's what I've been hoping for this whole season. Honestly, just the Kings playoff berth, just to get rid of the whole 13 year stigma thing would be amazing. That would make me feel amazing. Just as a Kings fan, it's great to see. Honestly, and I love my team so much, and I'm just I'm really hoping. I'm really hoping for them to uh just kind of pop off, you know, and take the dubs last few games and make a playoff push. And I am hoping for that four game sweep when the Lakers sweep us, but hey, it's still the playoffs. And another thing Kings related I would like to talk about is how Anthony Tolliver requested a buyout of his contract from the Sacramento Kings. And man, I'm really, I'm really, really sad about that because I liked Anthony Tolliver, but that's just a, as a joke. That was back when he was on the Pistons in like 2015 and like 2K16. I scored like 11 straight threes with him in a game, and ever since then I loved him. That was a joke. So I was excited to see him on the Kings, and he wanted to get a bio and play for a playoff contending team, right? That's what he wanted to do. That's what he said. So it's really interesting when I see he they, we go through the country bout, and he signs with the fucking Grizzlies. The Grizzlies. A team that's the eighth seed that has either chance to get knocked out as many other teams. I don't know why he went to the Grizzlies. He could have easily has pretty much the same chance of making the playoffs as we do right now. You know, obviously the Grizzlies have a few games on us, but I don't know why he. I don't know what's up with that man. I like Tolliver, but man, after that, very disappointed. Very disappointed because saying you want to go play for a playoff caliber team and then just fucking go to the Grizzlies, like you're basically going to the fucking Kings essentially because the Grizzlies the Grizzlies haven't done much recently sure they've made the playoffs a bunch back when they had Mike Conley and Marcus Hall and all that but still like i assumed he was going to go play for like the Lakers or something cuz the Lakers are holding tryouts for like another man on the roster which J.R. Smith to the Lakers could be a very big <laughs> big possibility that's very interesting seeing J.R. return to LA after that whole LeBron fiasco <laughs> in the NBA finals against the Warriors from 2 years ago when he obviously didn't know the score. That is something I would want to see. That is definitely something I would want to watch is J.R. Smith going to the back to the Lakers. I hope that happens. That would be hilarious. But yeah, Anthony Tolliver kind of snaking on the Kings and then dipping. Man, fuck Anthony Tolliver. I still love him, though, because I hate 11 threes of them in 2K. But, you know, we're going to have to move on now from the Sacramento Kings as much as I hate to. Now let's move on to some NFL news. And something I found very interesting was A.J. Bouye getting traded to the Denver Broncos. So the Jaguars have agreed to trade A.J. Bouye to the Denver Broncos for a 2024th round pick. This trade cannot be processed until the new to the new league year begins, which is March 18th. So I think that's a big, big plus for the Denver Broncos. And 
AJ Boye, I, I believe he's one of the best corners in the NFL. And I've always loved, I love that 2017 Jacksonville team. And uh, yeah, AJ Boye to the Broncos, I think that's huge, that's good for them. But I just want to talk about the 2017 Jaguars for a second, man. What a ride. I remember watching that, watching them, and that was, that was uh, the year when I first heard that the Raiders were going to be moving to Las Vegas, and after that, I just kind of lost faith in football, or there for a while, because I was just really sad about that. But I remember watching that Jaguars team, it was exciting, because this team, out of nowhere, all of a sudden becomes one of the best defenses in the league, and then wins that first playoff game against the Bills, 10-3. That was amazing. Then that game against Pittsburgh, oh my god, that was insane. I remember, they were such an underdog, I just kept rooting for them. This team had a great defense, a great running game in Leonard Fournette, and they had they were just fun to watch. Even with Blake Bortles at quarterback, he was playing good enough. I mean, he wasn't playing great, but he was playing good enough for them to win. And the 2017 Jaguars are one of the crazy, just like the craziest anomalies I think I've ever seen. Just looking back at it, it's so sad because they were so fun to watch, and I was just like, "Yes, the Jaguars!" It was a different team. They were one game away from the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship against the New England Patriots, and they just couldn't. They just couldn't finish it. I don't really remember how that game ended, but. I remember being so sad that I had to watch the Patriots in another fucking Super Bowl. I was so excited for Jacksonville, Philadelphia, but you know what? You can dream, but I was like, man, the Jaguars are going to be good. I was excited for the Jaguars, man. I really was. It was they were a new face. It was interesting. They had A.J. Boye, Jalen Ramsey, Blake Bortles, uh, Leonard Fournette. They were exciting. They had Telvin Smith, who's now like retired, apparently like really skinny, and like no one knows where he is. Which is interesting. They had Miles Jack, they had Clay's Campbell. That team was so fun. So fun. But yeah, and then it all kind of went downhill. I remember they beat the Patriots in 2018, like week four, I believe. And I was like, yes, let's go, Jacksonville. I was so hype. I was on the Jacksonville hype train after the game, and it just went downhill. Like Jalen Ramsey fighting with everyone. And just the whole season just completely just went <laughs> after that. I don't even know what happened. The defense played like shit, offense played like shit. Bortles was benched for fucking Cody Kessler, I believe. Like, I don't know what happened. And and now Jalen Ramsey's gone. Telvin Smith's gone. Blake Bortles is gone. AJ Boye is now gone. And it's just like, what happened? It's like, imagine... And Lennon Fournette, man, posted this thing on his Twitter of just Will Smith being in a room by himself. And I feel sad for Lennon Fournette, man. I really do. He was on a team his rookie season that made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. And then lost. Man. Then they lost. And he's like, okay, cool. We're going to come back. I have faith. We're going to come back and rebuild. We're going to smack the hell out of the whole AFC. We're going to be in the Super Bowl, right? They don't do that well in 2018. I wish I, I would pull up the exact record, but I'm not going to do that. And then in 2019, they shit the bed even harder with fucking Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. Well, shout out to Gardner Minshew. He's the GOAT, by the way. But I just can't imagine what he's like, man. All those playmakers, all his friends that he's had from that 2017 run. It's just, they're all just gone, and it's honestly, in my opinion, one of the saddest NFL stories, I think. Not the saddest NFL stories, like, because obviously there's been more sad, like, tragedies and stuff, but, like, from, like, a success standpoint, it's been one of the saddest NFL stories to watch. And, man, I love that 2017 Jacksonville team, and for them to just completely fall off the map like that, it was very, very depressing. They were so, they were so fun to watch and refreshing, man, and I hope the best for Leonard Fournette, I hope the best for A.J. Boye, and... I hope the Jaguars can uh, figure stuff out. I really do. With the whole Nick Foles situation, it's going to be interesting. Um, obviously, the NFLPA grievances things that are going to bite the Jaguars in the ass, and no free agents are going to go there, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm hoping they can set shit straight and just and just get everything together, man. That 
they went from one of the most exciting teams to watch just a complete shit show in over a couple years. And, you know, I'm hoping for the best for Jacksonville. So go Jags. All right, so for our next topic, NFL news, I could talk about Joe Burrow. I could talk about the combine, what happened, Jake Fromm's horrible performance. But that's, I'll get, you know, you know what, I mentioned it. I'll get to that later. But I just want to talk about this thing I accidentally found while I was, while I was watching YouTube. Last night I was watching Trapler Ross, who's a YouTuber, just is not related to sports at all, but I was watching one of his videos, and he's from British, so he made, like, this football joke. He's like, write my Americans, and the joke was basically about how the Denver Broncos are cheaters. And the and I was like, hold on. The Denver Broncos? So I, he linked the article that he referenced, and apparently the Denver Broncos are the dirtiest team in the NFL. Yes, the Denver Broncos. I never would have suspected it. But this website called YourTeamCheats.com has a complete report of... Uh, of all the like they basically documented however many times all these teams cheated essentially and it's very interesting so the denver broncos are apparently the dirtiest team they scored i believe 52 cheating points which is uh this is system they use so 52 points so let's take a look at why that is so obviously cheating always starts with good old-fashioned peds so they list a bunch of broncos players that have been suspended for peds so let's take a look at this daryl gardner 2003 lee flowers 2003 Adrian Maddice, 2004. A punter, Todd Sarber in 2006. Interesting. Kenny Peterson, 2007. They list Peyton Manning, 2011. Pending for post-surgery HGA use. Okay. Tight end, Virgil Green. DJ Williams, linebacker. D-tackle, Brian McBean in 2012. Those are all 2012. Guard, Quentin Salisbury, 2012. Von Miller, 2013. He cheated urine collection, so he didn't really really get convicted. But wide receiver, Wes Welker in 2014. And defensive end, Derek Wolf in 2015. That is a lot of PED usage. And now here's another interesting one. So on September 17th, 2004, the league announced that for the second time in three years, the Denver Broncos were fined nearly a million dollars and would once again lose their third round draft pick because of salary cap violations between 1996 and 1998. So the Broncos also had a ton of players on PEDs and stuff, and now they're just cheating the salary cap. So that's very interesting. So obviously it's not looking good for the Broncos so far, but there is more. There is more, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, the next thing happens to my San Francisco 49ers. Woo-hoo! All right, so in 2010, the Denver Broncos reported that former team director of video operations, uh, what's his name, Steve Scarnecchia, had you know videotaped a portion of the San Francisco 49ers walkthrough. And I thought that was very interesting. Because, <laughs> you know, that's my team. And obviously, so we always make fun of the Patriots, right? for uh, using the video cameras and everything. But the Denver Broncos were doing that shit before the Patriots, okay? Actually, wait. Never mind. They're doing that after the Patriots. But still, that was very that was very interesting. So the Denver Broncos out there out there recording the 49ers practice. Not good, not good. They were punished. And their punishment was they were the guy was fired and they were fined $50,000, which wasn't that bad. But Slimegate, this is the one I find very interesting. So basically, the NFL fined three Denver Broncos offensive linemen for putting slime on their arms to make themselves more slippery, I guess? I'm not sure. Oh, harder for defenders to get a grip. Yeah. So there you go. So these Denver Bronco bitches are out here rubbing slime on themselves, trying to get an advantage. Also, there's Concrete Gate, and then, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Contract Gate. 
So they forfeited a third-round pick for contract violations involving defensive back Bill Thompson. That's all this website has in it. There's this thing called Radiogate. Former Broncos quarterback told a story at Boston Radio implicating that Mike Shanahan was in a serious cheating scandal while he was in head coach for the Denver Broncos. Ooh. And Millen said that he played for a coach with two Super Bowl wins who put together a huge scheme to install speakers inside the helmets of offensive linemen. Wow. There were no punishment for this. This is interesting. I didn't even look at this before I recorded. Okay, so Millen... I'm just going to read this. This is off of yourteamcheats.com if you want to look this up. So Millen said that he played for a coach with two Super Bowl wins and put out together a huge scheme to install speakers inside the helmets of offensive linemen so they can be given instructions remotely. He said they had it in place and working. He also made reference to a coach at offensive linemen who were caught with a substance on their jerseys and the coaches shrugged it off and then they were caught. Wow. And then this list just goes on and on and on for the Denver Broncos, man. Honestly, <clears throat> I never had anything against the Denver Broncos, but it's very interesting reading that that they are actually, according to this website, the dirtiest team in the NFL. So you Denver Broncos fans, what do you got to say for yourselves now? That's all, that's all I'm going to say, man. The Slimegate one is really weird to me. All right, and finally, my last subject I'm going to talk about is the Combine. I have specifically Jake Fromm's horrible Combine performance that everyone is talking about. Man, let me tell you something. The Combine is overrated as hell. I'm going to tell you that right now. Jake Fromm is, I believe, could be a good NFL quarterback. He could. But just basing his whole, the whole future of his career on how he performed in the combine, I think is extremely unfair. Because Tom Brady played, had like the worst combine ever. And that tackle on the Ravens that Boaz mentioned last episode of a horrible combine. But they were still good players. That's the interesting thing. So I think Jay, this whole Jake Fromm thing is just going to blow over. He's going to lose some draft stock fine. But I think if he has a chance to prove himself, I think he'll play good. I think it's completely overrated. Jake Fromm, I'm rooting for you, man. Fuck the combine. You got this, man. And yeah, that is going to be my segment today for the Muff Podcast. We covered the 2017 Jaguars, Anthony Tolliver, and the Sacramento Kings. We also covered why the Denver Broncos are the dirtiest team ever. And we had a quick segment on Jake Fromm. And yeah, that'll wrap it up. And thank you guys so much for listening. And yeah. All right. So, um... That's Aaron said everything he wanted to say, and I think I've said everything I wanted to say. So um, once again, I just wanted to apologize for the format, and obviously we're going to be going back to our standard format next week. It's going to be me and Aaron, you know, regular talking, none of this, you know, splitting up in the clips. And um, I hope you still enjoy this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and um, I'll see you guys next week.